0: Hey guys, uh, coming up next, Mike Myers.
1: True green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water and (laughs) mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, which you hate, fertilization, Mm -hmm. aeration.
0: Can't stand it.
1: Among others. They'll do all that. So you can do... Literally anything else, Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care.
0: True green is too good to be true, Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true, right, David? Because you're going to have more time to do things that you want to focus
1: on. All the hard work, and it gets you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let true green take care of this one Mm -hmm. thing. Get it off your plate.
0: You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some, I, I might, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. Where
1: can listeners mm-hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to truegreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best
0: lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it.
1: Hey guys, it's uh, Spade Spadoodle and we are about to do the intro for Mike Myers And I just want to tell you, because of a huge fuck up on my part, my sound is good with my intro with Dana, and I'm hilarious. I mean, it's a side note. And we had the greatest interview, but I screwed up and my audio isn't perfect for all you nerd robots out there like, "Uh, I only listen for the sound quality, not for the comedy. You're not going to be stoked. You can still hear all my jokes. I had a fucking blast, Mike. I'm just going to say that we sound great at the intro then my sound is you can hear everything. It's just not as perfecto. So don't freak out and don't write your local congressman. Thank you. Here's me and Dana. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, <laughs> so Dana, we're, Dana, Dana, Dana and I, three minute. We laugh. Yeah. I heard a joke this weekend. I'm going to tell it to you. I love it. Comedians never tell jokes, but this one isn't bad. Okay. This one it, you can do at home too. And I, I, I kind of mangled it. I've told it three times and I've told it differently. Okay. But the basic idea is it's, a, a, an old people's um <laughs> I can't believe I'm a oh, professional. On, uh, they're, they're nine 90 year old couple and it's their 60th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so the wife says get in bed, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you with something. Uh, so she goes in the bathroom, you follow so far. Yes. So the guy's in, in the bed waiting for his big surprise. So she goes in and strips naked and only puts on a cape so she has nothing but a cape got it so she she leaps out of the bathroom lands at the base of the bed and goes super pussy and he goes i'll take the soup
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right here's one not as funny but nice and quick that just generic that i use sometimes okay good. um did you hear about the mom and the dad who found out their 10 year old boy was visiting s&m websites
1: no i did not
0: and the mom said what are we going to do? And the dad said, Well, we can't spank him.
1: <laughs> He'll jizz. That's
0: nice. What? Yeah. That's, that's nice good. And quick. I do that as Obama in my stand up. <laughs> hear, hear about the mom and the dad who found out their 10 year old boy was visiting SM websites. And the mom said, What are we going to do? And the dad said, Well, we can't spank him. Come on, Michelle. Come on, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, no. No, just leave the egg salad where it is. Oh, Joe. I'm going to eat later. Joe shouldn't we'll get it. I'm on I'm here with David Spade on a podcast. I <laughs> didn't understand it. Come on. <laughs> what do you That's mean? What are going to do? <laughs> I know how to do this, I know where I am. Yeah. Come on. We know it.
1: <laughs> Mike Myers coming on right now. Mike, Mike Myers, Myers,
0: my brother from Another Mother. We have so much in common sensibility wise, he has two older brothers. One's obsessed with Todd Rundgren. I have three older brothers. One's obsessed with Todd Rundgren. Um, Mm -hmm. And we, he's, um, he's kind of a, well, he's, he's, he's had quite a, he has quite a resume.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Well, I can't, when I got to SNL, you two guys were some heavy hitters that were there and you were also in Wayne's World together, but we would also all wind up in sketches together and you had your own stuff and you had movies. It was uh, very exciting and intimidating to be in there with all you guys and mm-hmm. you two went on and did a lot of stuff and uh, it's great. Mike wasn't, was a force there and uh, he was nice to me and uh, you know that's saying <laughs> who a lot. Wasn't nice to I you. you are David
0: Spade. Everyone likes you. I
1: didn't really get along with Al Franken, but no names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I by love the Al. Way,
1: if you hear this podcast, there's not a chance that Al's name doesn't come up, and I go <clears throat> in the background. He's
0: one of our. He's one of our classics. What's interesting about Mike and what we've learned from doing this podcast is that everyone has their own lane there. You have your story. Yeah. My story is yet to be told. I may get my own special episode.
1: <laughs> Please, just talk for now. We hour.
0: had a, a nice cast going. The show was starting to come back. And then Mike was dropped in. He had to, he had his own lane of joining the cast. He mm-hmm. was already gelling and bringing all this great stuff to it. So I want to hear how he felt uh, about that and his yeah. journey through that. And then into sharing this in crazy Wayne's World movie and, and, and how, how much it grew on the show is very, very interesting.
1: I'm going to ask about a Coffee Talk movie and I'm going to ask about Sprockets movie.
0: My supernatural friend, Mike Myers. Rewind it back to the days of chill accent on the beach and all day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like fan-fave Rocket. The excitement is endless. The vibes are right. And the cash prices could be huge.
1: New players start playing with just five bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code FOTW to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per opted in new customer. $5 wager required. Max $100 in casino credits awarded, which require one time playthrough within 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash promos. Restrictions apply.
2: Get back by the Beatles. I felt like I was watching. I was felt like I was watching Da Vinci at work. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. That moment when get back happens, moved me to tears. Um, The sweetness that they had with each other. Like, that hug when there's like, uh, you know, I'll go over and I'll talk to George, you know. Oh, yeah. And they all had that nice sweet hug killed and me. And
0: they were just,
2: just lads.
0: And they, you know, Lennon, as it went on, and, and there's some of the stuff, about, you know, what you wrote and I wrote and, in the 70s yeah. was just very sweet and very present. And I loved how much everyone would lock in and try really hard on everyone's song. <laughs> you know, I just wasn't, yes. I thought it was going to be so much anger, but no, they're like, and Ringo always said that he'd count in and they'd all just drop everything. And also Yeah. which you could probably relate to this being, you know, I'm barely middle class growing up, but th- the setting was just tea and cigarettes and just funny chairs like nothing it was yeah. so unfancy, especially at Abbey Road. It was just like you would yeah. think it be. And then just the work uh, the work ethic of Paul yeah. with trying to Okay, do it again. Do it
2: again. Do it again. It's like just Now he's definitely just had his hand on the third rail and he was just driven. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He couldn't, it needed to come out and uh, George's sadness was tough. Just the, Hey guys, Hey guys, wait up guys, wait up. What are you guys going? You I know, know
0: I mean? and just that they, they'd been in back of vans and stuff. And then when Paul was really trying to instruct him, you know, I was getting anxious. Like it was, that's yeah. George Harrison. And it's not little yeah. George he met at 14. We'll do this and do this and do this. Yeah. And I used to do that as a joke, kind of, because I heard it on an album once, What Paul would go do, 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 to kind of process the melody. And then he's doing it. You know, you go look, like, yeah. dude. It's like, he hears the whole, he's like Mozart. I mean, he hears it all. Yeah. And so yeah. then he's frustrated, but, it was so uh remarkable and um, I just got
1: to it guys. I was just watching uh, when I in the other room swear to God. And <laughs> well, I thought and you Ken were Chuck- a big
0: monkeys fan. I didn't know you were a Beatle guy.
1: <laughs> no, I'm
0: watching the monkeys.
1: What do you guys? Talking about? Uh no, uh, I I uh was watching and it was just the part where he was sort of helping George. Yeah. And then and then it was he's I guess stumbling in to get back but he kind, it, you can kind of go I know this one and then he fools around with it. And then he starts going, get back. And you're like, Oh, is that what you're talking about? Mike? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. Like, Whoa. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is get back.
0: Yeah. And then so cool. and I could relate to that constantly. I can relate to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of creativity is then just going someplace else, like either bullshitting around the table and ordering Chinese food. Or they would go into, you know, Carl Perkins songs. Dude, dude, they kept going back, yeah. I guess, you'd just to refresh their brains and
2: come back around on it,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. So,
2: so, anyway. No, just they just kept getting back to the whole reason why they wanted to do music in the first place. I, I love that part of it. And yeah. uh, I also loved how much Ringo was a, was a Paul McCartney fan. Just the, the look of adoration when... Mm-hmm. Paul's just, you know, the long, long and winding road and he's going, yeah, I've, he, I've got one, I've got one. And it's like the best song ever. <laughs> he, <underneath>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he had
2: that Savant kind of vibe about him, like pulls it in here,
0: goes there, you know, yeah. this just goes there. And, and it was, um, it was just so, so sweet well, to see. I think it's
1: how they recognize game. Like even when I, when I got to a good old SNL, like we can't compare to the Beatles, but when I got to a place where I had done stand-up comedy here and there and The headliner was pretty good and he would kill but he wasn't that good and i was trying to sort of figure out what was good and what wasn't and what i jived with and then i got to the show and you guys were there and everyone was like beyond what i thought they would be like i didn't know what to expect and i'm like the writers are so good and then and everyone's so ahead of me i was going holy shit! i thought it was pretty good but it's it's too good here and i look back and we did have a chunk there where you know they usually do have a lot of really really good people there but I took right there I was thinking yeah I'm over my head I see you guys and, and then you, the can, you and crushed go- it yeah. <laughs> yeah it took a while to like take a notepad and go write a sketch
0: and without tons of help
1: you know because everyone's in their own they gotta do their own shit mm-hmm. and then people would help but they can't baby you all day Right? Then you just yeah, start- I mean
0: you had your path I had mine and I think Mike's is uh, uh, kind of a singular path because he came in the cast was going good Mike Myers is coming in and- who, you know, and then you yeah. had to come in. It wasn't like three people came in or right. or someone else. It was oh, just, just, and Mike won. was the first new guy after the original cast. It was like two seasons in. Right. And so that's kind of unique about your experience. So just explain how that, how that felt. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, what was that like to come in you without, and then you melded and did brilliant. And we were just, you know, we were like the Beatles by, you know, but at that time it must've been strange.
2: It was terrifying. I um I hadn't seen the show in a long time because I was living in England and, and I've said this too many times now, but it's absolutely true. I had a top loading VHS that I had to choose between, you know, the hockey game, which is at seven thirty and it ends at twelve thirty. <laughs> I can relate to that. Or, yeah. or
0: <laughs> and or, I've never heard this, you know, because we all think everyone's heard everything because we go on these different interviews, but oh. I know
2: i'd not so heard
0: that I, one from you, you i know.
2: didn't so i got a call do i want to be on saturday Night live and i thought it was my brother paul at first you know what i mean honest to god because i was in chicago at second city
1: mm-hmm. and then
2: i started to watch the show and i i i was like holy f- shit! these guys are f- awesome like these they're you know what i mean and i had been in toronto and um we used to have funny cab guys you know the cab dispatchers mm-hmm. so it was an East East End Taxi, Eastern Eastern Avenue Taxi in Toronto, <laughs> and the guy would go, he would be like, "Oh, hey, need a, I need a cab at Bloor and Dundas," and then a cab. You don't hear the cab driver, and he'd go, "Give the man a bologna sandwich," right? Had, like this <laughs> that was <thing>. the code. <laughs> <laughs> that meant you got the cab or something. I don't know, yeah. but it was really amusing. And you'd be in the back of the cab, and you'd be like, "Oh, that that's a funny dispatcher." And then this one I was with Dave Foley, mm. and this Kids one in the hall. Captain, Dave Foley from the kids in the hall. And this one cab dispatcher just kept saying, isn't that special? And I said to Dave (laughs) Foley, I said, that's really funny. That's a great, that's a great thing to say. Isn't that special? And Foley looked at me and said, that's Dana Carvey's lady character. I said, oh my God, that's a, that's like a catchphrase. He goes, do you not know? I said, no. I've been living in England for three and a half years. That's funny. I didn't. I missed <laughs> everything, and they have no sense of Saturday Night Live in England at mm. all. Damn. The only damn thing I don't go. The only thing that they'd watched later was little clips of Wayne's World after the movie came out. And even right. then, they were a little like, "Oh, I like the movie, but uh, I don't know about that sketches." Let, <laughs> let's just, insert that
0: moment that we shared, and then go back around to this because. Sure. Mike creates Wayne's World, invites me to be on. We're going, going, going. It's starting out. It's kind of late in the show. Then da-da-da-da, Madonna, everything. Then let's make a movie. Okay. you know. And then, mm-hmm. and then we have to go to London. I was so naive. I'd never, that when Paramount was saying, well, well, would you like to go to London? I kept turning them down. Like, I'm really tired. I think I'll go. I didn't understand what. And they said, well, we'll bring anybody or whatever you want. So we we're on the Concord with Paula, like six yeah, of our relatives. Cool. But anyway... A moment that i'll never forget is that it had been shown enough in london that there was a following so mike and i who used to joke you know let's do you know let's do a thing called we're the new beatles remember that one yeah yeah, yeah. we're like we're, my, we're my cuter was that his thing? so we had our little suits on a little suits, and then we were in this uh, London cabbie limo type thing, and we pulled up in front of the theater to show London Wayne's World, and there were like five thousand kids leaning on cyclone fences with posters and stuff, and yeah. isn't that wasn't that that moment we got out of the car like what and they're screaming for us that was fucking well, nuts. How did
1: they get it? Did they get it, Dana? From um, I mean Mike, our guest? Did they get it from the sketches or they, they had caught up with snl stuff so they knew the movie was coming out?
2: i think they ran the sketches i think they ran the sketches on bbc like because nothing goes on the hour on bbc you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it'll be you know coming up at 12 38 you know <laughs> like it's all weird It's <laughs> all just specific <laughs> yeah. at 11 so we they would yes. put in little spacers of wayne's world you know You know, uh,
1: Mike, one time we went to, uh, the only time I've been to London was, I've only been anywhere for press. And it's just like always quick, but we went for Tommy Boy and, and Farley and I went over and we for some reason, thought we were famous of that. Meanwhile, we have only been on the show like three years and it's not even really over there, like you said. Right. And then Tom Boy wasn't even out yet. So right. we were, just, what we're happened? like doing a premiere. And we're like, it's gonna be weird being so famous. And then we we stayed at the Dorchester and we had hats and glasses on. We go, let's go try to eat. And then when then no one knew us, and then they're like, Hey, who's the fat guy and skinny guy? And then we Walked around, and then we slowly took the glass and everything off, and then we were trying to get recognized, and yeah. that wasn't working. We, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Piccadilly so I guess, Elle. We're just trying anything to get one person to know us, and it all—it sort of backfired.
2: Yeah, it is funny. It's—it's it's all different now, but at the time, it was uh, the ocean was a big ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without Google, without and
1: even if you didn't see the show, you didn't see it on Monday on the internet. You had to wait six months and see a rerun
0: right and who yeah. who maybe you know this mike this is just an insert it always made me laugh when they'd say well, you're going to jump the pond so the atlantic ocean became referred to as a pond was that yeah. from londoners or <laughs> anyway
2: <laughs> it, could, it feels like a you know an english understatement yeah you know yeah what I mean? kind of so you know uh, I, I, I don't know what everyone knows, but it is
0: interesting. I I felt kind of envious in a way of your roots of having two parents from Liverpool. And you're sort of like a, a you're probably had cousins who knew the Beatles or, or whatever. I mean, that I is did. very interesting.
2: Yes, you did. I, I knew did. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a cousin who knew Aunt Mimi. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Which I. Aunt Mimi I'll was take. in the Beatles. <laughs> uh, Aunt Mimi was in the Beatles. She was. Yeah, she, was Beetle, a, yeah. she was a roadie.
0: Yeah, Tom Hanks right. played her in the one of the Wayne's World sketches.
2: She
1: was lugging PV amps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. It's all good. And um, I knew all the places. I knew Penny Lane. You know what I mean? I'd been there wow. as a kid and mm-hmm. uh, strawberry fields. I, I kicked a soccer ball around on strawberry fields. You know what I mean? So it's a, yeah. it's a it was kind of a weird thing. And my parents were super proud, you know, and their accent became famous, you know? Yeah. So. People would knock on the door, knowing I wasn't home, and they would say, uh, "Is Mike in?" And my dad would say, oh, "No, actually, I think he's kicking about with his other." And people were like, "Cool," you know. <laughs> the Beatles were so famous that the accent was famous, and I yeah. got some reflected glory. Of well, my that, parents that's talking another thing that's
0: unique about you is okay. You grow up in Canada, and yeah. then right out of high school, you go into Second City, right? Mm-hmm. You you at some point obviously had English roots and had gone over there, but then you go over to England, you're developing your comedy there as part of a comedy team. And you're there for three years outside the States and Canada. And then, then how do you get on SNL from there? Then you, then
2: you get on SNL, you're like 25 or something. So what happened was I I came back for Christmas and my dad was ill. He was starting to get Alzheimer's. And I was in a comedy double act with a guy named Neil Malarkey. Who's, you know, really, of course my dad was like, what's your comedy partner's name I said Neil Malarkey and he said uh well I I, I guess um you know Bill shenanigans wasn't available because you know, <laughs> his name's Malarkey you know and um, <laughs> okay Malarkey's fantastic I I still work with him today you know he you know mm-hmm. he's hilarious and um I didn't want to leave I didn't want to leave I I I loved England I don't blame me. I, I being love being in London. this double act I love yeah and uh my dad was starting to get ill and mm. I did the um, I did the improv set at Second City, Chicago, the main sta- Second city Toronto, the main stage. And then they said to me, do you want to have a job on the main stage uh, of Second City, Toronto? And I was like, I don't really only because but then I knew that my dad was ill and I'm so glad I did because mm-hmm. I did get to see my dad for a little while before he lost his personality, mm. which was
1: mm.
2: just sort of like a double death with Alzheimer's you know what I mean yeah horrible and um Mm. so I got to see him he got to see me perform and then um I got hired for Second City Chicago Mm -hmm. uh and went down there and uh then my dad had a horrible accident in a bath (laughs) and it was awful and uh I went back up and uh I technically was the alumni at second city Toronto and there was an alumni show and Martin short saw me there Mm -hmm. and recommended me to Lauren.
0: Yes. I know that part of it. I then I
2: got, I got a, I didn't audition. I just got called and I, and I just, then I was just in the cast and I didn't really actually know I was hired for the first little while. Exactly. And even Lauren, Lauren, I was in the hallway and he was, I was, he said, well, what are you doing here? And I was like, I you work. didn't even know. Right. Well, why
1: are you on nine?
2: Yes. Well, you know, why? why are you cross-legged by the elevator bank? And I was like, I, I don't have an office. He said, get off the floor or something like that. <laughs> well, and I was like, didn't I meet you and you hired me? Uh, yeah. Well, going for, Wait, for Mike, <laughs> you. Go you ahead. Did, hang on.
1: Let me ask him. Yeah. He. he he didn't. He, so Mike, you didn't have the stress of knowing you were having an audition. Really, it just Martin Short saw you and then said he recommended. One hundred percent.
2: If I had auditioned, I wouldn't have got in. That's 100% oh God, a hundred percent true. I'm the shittiest auditioner that's ever. Uh, I
0: hate it too. I that, you know what I mean. So Martin Short must have recommended you
2: really heavily. I mean, I you know yes. what I mean. And like, Dave Foley and Dave, Dave Foley, Foley did as well,
0: who yeah. Lauren respects.
2: Yeah. So yeah. then and you, Pam Thomas is a casting director. Pam Thomas who was a producer with the kids in the hall. She was at this anniversary in Toronto and she also called Lauren. So and was like, so in all due
0: modesty, what, what were you doing when Marty sh- sh- saw you? Like, were you, were you doing sprockets? Were you doing Lothar? Were I did. You, I did Wayne's world. You did um, Wayne's at, world. Yeah. At yeah. the
2: top of the second act who played Garth. Yeah, uh, there was no Garth uh, at there the was time. Wayne okay. and, and Nancy. Thank you for a, creating that sidekick once again. Rob. Yeah, that's great. That <laughs> was very. Well, flicking. you know the story of, of. I just looked at the cast and I said, "Who's the best comedian there?" Who's my sketch? And that's one hundred percent true.
0: I don't know. I had a baby face. Had to keep my chin up. And uh I guess we'll be doing it on the fiftieth anniversary. So I'm gonna yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> well,
2: isn't it the th- Isn't it the 30th anniversary this year? (laughs) It It is the 30th of the movie.
0: Oh, of you guys. Yeah, of
2: Wayne's World. It's the 30th anniversary of Wayne's World, the movie, which is ridiculous. Um, I know,
0: but uh, I don't even know how to process life anymore. It just spins around yeah. so fast. I I always yeah. say I'm I'm moving at the speed of life. I feel like all of yeah. us are way busier than we should or could be. Of course, you have three three children, and yeah. and you just did a Netflix show. If you want to talk about that for a sec, but sure. you, you've been sure. busy. Let's let's uh, let's. Mike did a new show for all you Mike Myers fans. He has a mm. a streaming show coming out on
2: Netflix, right this year. Yeah, yeah. It's in May. It'll come out in May. It's called The Pentaveret, mm-hmm. and it's about um, what if <laughs> five people well, ran I was the world. Call mine. Well, <laughs> I had heard that. I got out with it faster. <laughs> you got out first. Oh, uh, first early adopter. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, not at all. It's called The Pentaverite, and it's about five people. What if five people ran the world, and what if they were nice? And it's about conspiracy theories, right and I play all five So you play Bill the, Gates
0: uh, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. Jeff Bezos well, you'll Elon have to Musk. See.
2: I'm, I'm 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 keeping tight-lipped about the various love I love, that I, I, love play. The, yeah. I love
0: the uh the premise and I love the idea of it so and
2: you're doing your your Mike Myers thing which is amazing yeah. to watch well you yeah. know thank you I'm um I had a lot of fun doing it and I you know happy with it
1: very
0: happy a play. I think the yeah. writer-performer is kind of the most potent uh, comedian. Not not all comedians r- write their stuff, mm. but in your case, you were just every bit as much a writer, Tina Fey, the same, and and a great performer. Yeah. What I'm kind of interested now that we're to this section is what you brought to SNL that first year was so outside. It had it its own frequency, its own sensibility, and I always say it's Canadian. British and a little and yeah. American cuz you're always watching America as a kid right from yeah, Canada yeah. so then mm. when you came in and I wanted to walk through some of those things you did on on that first season and then finished with or this part of it when we were touring and Mike and I did some dates and how hard you had landed with the audience cuz we were playing 3000 seaters right. and you'd come out and they were going crazy so anyway, I'll be back in ten minutes. I just wanted to lay that out there. <laughs> that was a long way of saying. So you come in. The first thing I saw. I'll yeah. start it this way. So Mike comes in. He's very Canadian in the sense that he's shy and sweet, unassuming. What you know, and the first thing I saw you do, you—I think you had a suit on. You had a French accent, and yeah. you were peeing yourself with some kind of. Well, device. it
2: was fortuitous. It was. Um, it was as if it was French Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. And, uh, and because I, I speak French because I'm from Canada. Do but you play, really? Yeah, je peux parler français. J'ai pris français quand j'étais en accord. Je suis Canadien.
0: I've only been able to do fake French. So,
2: this is not nothing, right? But anyway, so. So, I, I did it actually in French. Oh, you did? Oh,
0: you're actually French in a suit, wetting your pants. Is that your first guest? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was
2: playing the, the, the a cast member, uh, okay. or the <laughs> French celebrity who was hosting that week. Oh, I see. Okay. In in France, and it's um, and then they had a a pee rig, yeah, on me. Right, and uh, always and enjoy was, uh, wearing a pee rig. I don't know why.
1: Now, this is Mike. This is your first read through, or is this your first show?
2: First, first show, I think. And then the first sketch I was. First sketch I was in, where I played Nigel, the groundskeeper, and one of, and it was um, one of Nigels. I like someone's name. Nigel. I played Nigel, a lot of Nigel. The, <laughs> the groundskeeper.
0: I'm no stranger to a Nigel.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> a good English name, I guess. It's funny. And uh, uh, wait, Mike, was that at the beginning of a of like a September season? Like I came in the, at the end of a season. And some people come in the middle. Adam came in the middle. Were you? I just, came in
2: the middle. It was February yeah, of '89. Yes. Yeah. That's sometimes tougher. Everything's rolling. It was, and everybody's awesome. Like you know, well, we had we had
0: Phil Hartman and Jan Hooks.
2: I mean, you know. Oh uh, my god, I had had a nervous breakdown that first week. I said straight up on the floor crying. I'm (laughs) not going to make it. These (laughs) I didn't didn't
0: know. And then Lauren said, "What are you doing on the floor, Mike?" You're on the floor, Mike. So you you, uh, you need to go to a psych ward, Mike. Oh, uh, so in those four months, you landed, you, I know you did sprockets. Yeah. Which I always Sprocket. love the the uh, touch my monkey aspect to it. Yes. <laughs> like yes. That was it's so specifically insane. Touch it. Yes. Demanding. <laughs> touch it. Yes. So where did that? So you had that <laughs> when Martin Short saw you, did, did you do sprockets and Wayne's World or?
2: No, I just did Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. And it was, but it was, it was after the intermission Mm -hmm. and I came up from the audience and people actually kind of weren't sure if it was you was happening. And then then I just I I had a great show. And then we did uh, the improv set and I did a couple of things. And just I just had a show of my life. It was one of those weird things. And then there's a a thing called phrase tag at Second City where you take the position of somebody and um oh yeah i ended up in this long freeze tag with martin short oh okay as it was described to me is that martin short looked at me i i looked like i was 14 you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and was starting to name drop like as a as a way of saying you won't know any of these people and i matched every name drop for a name drop you know what i mean okay got it and so he was like you know i was with stevie spielberg at the blah 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 right. blah and i said that's when liza minnelli came we were on a oh, yacht okay. drinking <laughs> white puerto rican rum and there's a white puerto rican rum commercial that had liza minnelli and whatever and it became this this duel you know what i mean i was i i did a bit once where
0: celebrity name dropping they it's always a shorter like Johnny Carson I was with John Carson you know and, yeah, yeah. and Eddie <laughs> Eddie McMahon you know it's always it's always kind of changed we're with Bobby hope and, and, and walked, you know that was but yeah so you you crushed it then you come to the show and then by May the show's done so you landed a lot of stuff before we went on our little mini tour
2: maybe but I didn't know. think so at the time that's so, so stupid is I literally was like I I blew it I'm a uh, I'm gonna get fired and I really <laughs> truly thought I was getting get fired pretty much every week you know what I mean well which
0: one landed the best in your mind I mean you did Lothar the Hill People yeah did you
2: Lothar yeah. I am Lothar of the Hill People <laughs> it's like just again just it's just different different crowds liked it like the like the sort of people that you know like musicians liked Dieter. Right, mm-hmm. and they like Wayne, but like artsy people were like, "Oh, that Dieter thing's cool." Wayne's World had more of a broader appeal. Mm-hmm. But then I remember walking through Central Park, and it was always the people that worked in the park were like, "Oh my God, it's Lothar the Hill people." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they hey, remember Lothar. it. you can almost guess who's gonna like what when people <laughs> yeah. come to comp, you go. I think you're gonna like. Bench so swarmers. that was
0: like an ancient man <laughs> in very rudimentary lang- on, language. Religion. No, but that was but this this was an ancient man in rudimentary language trying to understand yeah. women and society. Was that kind of yeah, a Yeah, it was, it
2: was a sensitive troll or whatever, right? <laughs> when I was a kid I played <laughs> a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, but we did it in character, which I look back now and it gives me the corny tingles, but it uh I know a lot of character. Dungeons and Dragons fans. And, yeah. My my character was Lothar, and uh, Lothar. when I lie I with Lothar. the woman, she comes. I don't know what you know, there is much that I could tell you. You know, it's all the come, let us talk of stories of the hunt, that type of wait. But Mike, you just
1: did those that half a year, and then you guys went on the road, you, yeah. You were done enough to go on the road,
2: yeah. It was wow. And I didn't have an act, I wrote it on the plane, and so Mike was writing, and and he had. Cue card. We I mean, hadn't done this on the
0: stage, and sure. if I could just insert this. So Mike's opening for me. He would this brilliant thing. He would come out as was it Wayne or Wayne? Yeah, Wayne. Underdressed, unbeknownst to the crowd, was he was underdressed with Dieter. So you do Wayne, and then you pull a ripcord cord, and then the theme to Sprockets would come on, and you start dancing as Dieter, and they would go shithouse. house. I mean, it was such
2: an incredible move. But I was shocked because I didn't know who was watching the show. And I That's thought, you know, I just have yeah. to just do it. And if it if it if it doesn't play, I just stay waiting the whole night. <laughs> do you mm-hmm. know, what I mean, you
1: but know, back then, you don't have Instagram followers. You don't have Internet. No. You don't. Google. so you have to guess. Am I famous or do, does anyone know what the fuck is going on? I'm just hoping they see the show. I'm hoping they're into this. We think it's funny in the building and then we leave. You just don't have know. No
2: idea. And it yeah. was it was interesting. Like when I was very first on the show, I would get like three pieces of mail, right? And <laughs> your often mom, it was from, you know, your brother. Yeah. No, okay. Well, often from correctional facilities, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh and with the real stamp, which I thought was ah, oh, that's cool. And then I would looked over at Dana's and I was like, You got no yeah. mail. Dana got no f- mail. Holy shit. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm okay with three. And I said to um, do you remember Julian? Oh yes, yes, yes. And I said to Julian, I said, Julian, I don't understand it. Dana has no mail. He goes, no mail, and then he points over to these five boxes. These <laughs> five, he goes, hey, it doesn't fit in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's and it. Was I kind didn't of know that. That's nice. Sheaves and sheaves for the people the at
1: home, right by the page shows, it was Steve Corn when I was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these square boxes and each had her name on it, but they were unfortunately equally the same size. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then you'd see data sticking out. With all these
0: stuffed. Well, yeah, <laughs> stuffed down the, of the floor. When Mike and I, the, when the movie hit, it got kind of, it definitely went surreal for us, right? Cause we didn't really know mm-hmm. what box office and just awards kept arriving and giant vats of mail. And it was just sort of,
2: I don't know. I don't know if we really comprehended it. No, it's it, too fast. It, too for much. Me, the- yeah. The only one that hit home was having immigrant parents and not having any hockey equipment, mm-hmm. except you'd go to the skate exchange and you'd get like old timey skates that look like, you know, soon railways will be spanning the nation skates. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm on Saturday night live. We weren't making any money, but all of a sudden no. a thing arrives, this big giant duffel bag from team Canada <laughs> with team Canada Ooh. skates with the logo stitched into the skates, into the, into the hockey pads, into the gloves, the logo Team Canada. And I was like, Oh cool. This is like unbelievable. And that's making it I still have I still have the, the gloves because they're you were a big uh, hockey guy back then yeah. I think when you
1: had a lot of uh coats and stuff. Um, that that's yeah.
0: that's kind of a bond you know it it's not I would never do a military analogy, but it's a bonding thing in show business to be on that show with people because it's so yeah. gritty. And then to have your first success with them. And the first time making a couple extra bucks. I remember yeah. you scrounging for quarters, you know, to get a sandwich and stuff. Or you got get bringing a buck out and,
2: you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I did I had to borrow money off Lauren. I had to borrow money really off know. Lauren off the first half season. You know, Does he have a bill fold and kind
0: of go like that? Is he like yes. five, 10, 15? Yeah, I wanted by Tuesday. You know. <laughs> Where was I? Start again. Did he five, pay you 10. in Canadian money or what is that? Yeah, like, here's a
1: bloomy.
2: He, yeah, <laughs> a <blue knee. laughs> the, uh He, um, no, he said, How much do you need? I said, uh, $10,000? Like, I didn't really know. Wow. And, and he was like, he was like, well, what's your rent? And I was like, <laughs> what? What was because it? Because how much do you, uh, something like $1,000 a month or something? Yeah. And you're netting maybe 1500 No money. Like I had yeah. negative money. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> I we just can't thought, you Lauren, I would be so fucking scared to ask
1: Lauren for money. I probably would have. I,
2: probably I talked it. to, I talked to, do you remember Audrey Pert Dickman? Of course, Audrey. Audrey. Yeah. yeah. And she said, well, uh she was like, do you have any friends that you can borrow from? I said, <laughs> not really. No. He goes, uh, almost it was like anything valuable. Anyone else than Warren? Yeah. In, in basically, can you donate blood? Yes. Can you donate
0: blood? Do you have any shoes you could donate? Um yes. it, it was, Did you go
1: to Jim Henry? Jim Henry. I had the yeah. same
0: thing, but wow. I went straight to Marcy Klein because I found out she was Calvin Klein's daughter. So I said oh, yeah. well she's gotta have some money. So I that was my No, I'm kidding. But I uh, <laughs> hi Marcy. If she's like, we love you. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well,
1: I've heard farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food, and you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced, Uh, it's made from human grade ingredients safe, clean kitchens, all that stuff
0: matters. Yeah, I mean, you love your dog. Why, why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed.
1: Sometimes you dogs- much
0: lower quality, yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go, what is this kibble? And they knock it away, what is this canned goo?
0: Oh yeah, I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me and it was like, really?
1: They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want to bite of this? Slop.
0: <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog.
2: Mm-hmm. And like, so farmer's dog
0: isn't just higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And <laughs> which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat Mm -hmm. and skin, better breath if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops.
1: Let's look at a clip. It doesn't (laughs) matter if your dog's (laughs) young or old. It's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at the Farmer's Dog dot com slash fly
0: let the farmer's dog know we sent you use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box
1: homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping it's never just about the house or condo it's about the home Mm -hmm. and what makes a home is more than just house or property it's the location and the neighborhood
0: yes exactly This is really, really a smart uh, thing. If you have kids, it's also schools, regards to homes, nearby parks, transportation Mm -hmm. options. That's why homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. Yeah, and when
1: I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, Mm -hmm. student to teacher ratio. This is stuff you need. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent.
0: That's right, so when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place, homes.com. We've done your homework. I was just looking while you're gone. I just remember how much I love Philip. I thought that was, really? uh, with the kid with the helmet, he was in straps uh, and yeah. he's running away. That was really oh. inspired because Waves and berries. it was so funny visually. Like, even if you lost the sound, it was so great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And, and also oh, it was wait, just like,
1: hyper hypo.
0: Yeah. Was it? Yeah. The hyper hypo. Yeah. yeah. And he wore a helmet and <laughs> he had this bungee cords,
2: and he's trying a to harness. <laughs> there was a kid in my neighborhood that had a harness. A harness. Yeah. That's the word. He was and uh and I was like, that's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think but, you had
1: Nicole Kidman in one, or was that yeah. sign?
2: No, no, that was that Nicole Kidman was in on uh Philip. Yeah. You know, I saw this morning a
1: middle-aged man and uh I'm working on it. And I uh, yeah. uh, it was Jan Hooks and Victoria. It's just such a throwback of like the simple SNL sketches. And you come in, <laughs> you come in. It's so great. And then Farley came in as drinking buddy. I don't even really. I don't think I remember that. And you guys both snapped your head at the same time. Yeah. And, drank. and uh, it was fucking really well
0: done. And, and I, I love the uh, I love the you. theme. Do you remember the theme? Didn't it have a song? Middle, He's middle, middle
2: aged age man. Like go ahead. had a whole just. He was can running. you sing it, Mike? Or what? The, was it middle aged man? Uh, Something something in middle aged man. Uh, middle aged. yeah <laughs> something something and a gut middle-aged man and the, the catchphrase are was are you looking at my gut I'm working on it yeah I'm working on it which yeah. of course is it. my actual thing I say because <laughs> <laughs> I have of course uh I have the gut I love presentational
0: comedy like that where you tell the audience the premise completely up mm-hmm. front and then you right. present it to them it is there's uh-huh. no mathematics for their head they're just like enjoying I know exactly what this is yes yeah we're all we're all spreading around. I mean, my waist is like way bigger than it was back then. I used to tease John Lovitz because I looked at the board and they do your waist and your inseam, and oh, I was shit. like, I was like, well, I was young. Then. I was like thirty-one, thirty-three. And everyone yeah. else had a bigger waist and a shorter inseam. <laughs> so yeah. I te- you know how you tease John, and he teases you. I go, John, look, I have reverse sizing. He goes, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Reverse, <laughs> so anyway, John is the greatest. I mean, he's just this, this, the silliest. Hello. Hello, he's, everybody.
1: Saw, uh, what else can I, uh, well, I saw, oh yeah, I saw a side on YouTube. It said, here's a scene of Mike, all things Scottish from Dress. I'm like, you can watch shit from Dress? What? Yeah, I go, and it said on the beginning, Saturday Live films a show at 1130, 30, but they have a dress rehearsal at eight and it's not supposed to air, but here's one. I go,
2: You can find dress. This is unreal. Everyone now, there was can that get the it. one with Mel Gibson where the the cash register malfunctioned. I think it was walking. Was walking everyone? Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Mm, what you scotch. know, for a second,
0: just because we're on that topic, uh, hosts that were I know these you've heard these before, but it's well, you probably we probably have similar choices. Wayne Gretzky would be a big Wayne one Gretzky, for me, number one, yeah, number yeah. one for you. I figured, yeah. well, and so just, just from my point of view, for a second, you wrote a Wayne's World sketch, and we went to an ice rink or we're gonna did a film. I'm from California, yeah. so I never played hockey. Wayne Gretzky yeah. is literally super Canadian nice. I mean, just like insanely right. yeah, yeah. unassuming. And then I couldn't get my, sh- I was playing the the goalie. I didn't the know. I, so he gets on one knee, starts lacing up my shoes and pads. Oh and God. then Wayne Gretzky says, here, hold the stick like this. So it was, mm-mm, thank you again for that, that moment, Mike. Cause I was like, what? No, wait a You're minute. Like the a greatest winner. Yeah. Well, it's just, so how was your experience with Wayne? I mean, he was so. Oh, wow. Well,
2: I, I got called into Lauren's office, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, I said, I mean, OK, here it comes. You know what I mean? On the carpet. <laughs> and I said, all right, you know, I tried. And then he goes, uh, Wayne Gretzky's the host. And I was like, <laughs> and, he, and I was like, is this happening? Like, it's a joke. Right. And he said, uh, just uh, maybe a Wayne's world. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, yeah, of course. But I, I went and uh, all pre-cell phone, of course, I was just pounded calls to Canada.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. All my
2: friends. Wayne Kresge is the host. Holy shit. You know what I mean? It was huge. There was a couple of things uh,
0: for that that episode that stick out to me. One is I have a terrible fear of flying. So does Wayne. Ironically, right. even though he must have flown like crazy. He oh goes, I'll tell you at the end of the week what the secret is to not be afraid. So at the end of the week, I go, the end of the show, I go, Wayne, what's the secret? He goes, <laughs> Helicopters. Just fly in a helicopter and a plane will seem like nothing,
2: you know? He's right. <laughs> and okay, he's got so right, right, you know? Yeah. He's 100% right. Helicopters are terrifying.
0: Do you remember the sketch we did where we were playing celebrities, idiotically trying to advise him how to play hockey? I do, and I remember it's like, what if you made the puck out of flubber? <laughs> yeah. Flubber. <laughs> flubber. And the funny part was Phil was doing Jack Nicholson, and yeah. he always – would say Wayne's moniker or nickname before he'd start to talk in rehearsal. He'd go, great one. <laughs> and Wayne would lose it every time, you know. And I was pulling out my silly John Travolta from 1975 yeah. going, you know, maybe just everybody should just go right at the net super fast. Just go right, you
2: know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And he, he loved it. But anyway, he stood out as just, and he nailed that thing where he's singing like Elvis at the, on oh, the yeah, air uh, show.
2: Waikiki Hockey.
0: yeah. Suddenly, he yes, was extremely charismatic and in the pocket. You know, it was like, yeah. wow, anything can happen on SNL. Yeah. So he's that. Yeah, you know. Did so. you
1: ever do uh,
2: Austin? Did you ever do Austin Powers on SNL? You didn't. No, never did. That was later, a later creation. Now that was later. I um, I uh, I hosted. I've only hosted once. I hosted in, I would say, twenty five years ago. Was
1: it a pr- to promote?
2: Uh, it was for Apple. Austin Powers. Yeah.
0: And how did you find that? Because <laughs> David's hosted. I've hosted a few times, three times, I think. Yeah. I yeah. find it really difficult.
2: <laughs> Do you? It well, it's so natural and, I, and fun. What was your...
0: Well, the, when I did one in 95, I actually got, you know, some of the, I, I got into a restaurant sketch with, with Chris was in it and Tim Meadows and Sandler that I didn't write. Steve Corrin wrote, The Pepper Boy... And that that mm. if, if for a restaurant sketch in the in, underneath the bleachers kind of set it killed right. so hard that I at that night at the hotel at four thirty in the morning Sandler he just left a voice mail for me going Carvey Pepper Boy you know one of those <laughs> right it killed so hard but the last la- I think it's Sandler um, oh, uh, San- it's to, to me Sandler but the last time I went on I just was a little too too amped up, had been gone too long, and uh, was a little too serious about it, trying to control it, you know, because you, you, right. you, they put you in like 13 sketches. As a cast member, you're used to having one or two that you're shepherding, you focus, so you can really right. focus. So that right. that's the part that's hard, but how did you guys you don't find it? You also want to kill
1: on every sketch, and you start to yeah. go, I don't want to kill on every sketch. How do, is, how do,
0: so you enjoyed it,
2: Mike? Uh, no, it was hard, oh, really <laughs> yeah. hard. because uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was too many sketches. And I also wanted yeah. to, every moment to be perfection. But what was from a like a, when you write and produce your stuff from that standpoint, it, you know, like they said, OK, you're going to play the prime minister at the time of England. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, I need some tape on it. I don't really know how. He talks. And so I said to the person, I said, Is it possible to get a tape? And they said, Sure, it'll be five minutes. And I'm like, Yeah. Because when you do movies, it's much slower. Yeah, much slower than that. And literally five minutes later, there was a tape. And I was like, This is why movies can be frustrating at times because, honest to God, (laughs) like everything, you can't believe how fast things happen. Yeah. And so when people on movies tell you, Oh, it can't happen, you're like, hmm. Beg uh, to differ. Actually, you know it mean? can. Well, that's the love
0: of Saturday Night Live. If you tend to procrastinate or you just have these hard de- deadlines throughout the week that keep pushing you forward and keep yeah. you really heightened. I didn't realize for my ADD or whatever I've got that that mm-hmm. really fit my brain nicely because everything was in front of me. And then there was the dress show and then boom, it's over. And then in a movie, you might develop it for two years. <laughs> it's, right. just, it's like, and then... I was on a film once with a guy. We did so many rehearsals and so many other angles. By the time it got yeah. to the shot they were going to use, I had said the, the, the thing, like, I'd say 150, 200 times. Right. It didn't even seem like English. It was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, maybe the way other people do documentary style or something, but that kind of crushed me in movies. I didn't feel... I would it. love this
1: shit. I always want less takes because I feel like you're fresh. You get it, and, and if something happens off the top of your head, or you tweak it, but to do it, and then they, you're finally so burned out at the end. They go, now here's the big close up, and you go, now the one we're gonna use. I go, god damn. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: You've used it all on the other side. Yeah.
0: What is the money shot? I mean, yeah. in Wayne's World One, because it was, I don't know, I think it was like 35 days. So, yeah. and so there wasn't a lot of time for a lot of coverage. Like in Wayne's no, World it's One, freedom
2: from choice too. That's the other yeah. thing too. You don't yeah. want so many choices. And the other thing, too, you know, I I didn't even know on *Windsor* World to ask if there was what the coverage was. You know, what I mean, me neither. Of course. And now, you know, there's been some movies where you can't ask, you know, um, or I was uh, like Bohemian Rhapsody. I was just like, great, whatever. Yeah. You know, right. You're a
1: hired hand yeah. kind of
2: right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And on uh, Inglourious Bastards, it was just like whatever you would like you know what I mean uh can, you, just, can I, just, I say
0: how much I love that scene and oh. the, I saw it recently and that how big he made the room and your your the attitude of your character and the accent it's oh, so thank fucking you. great
2: I love well, I love that. Tarantino
0: that was, I mean you got to be yeah. in a Tarantino movie and, I, I can't believe it part. like
2: yeah I also like got to be in a world War two movie which is also, and like, uh, just the whole experience was—you know—shot in Nazi headquarters.
0: Are you kind of? I'm just going to throw this out. I don't know where it's going. Are you kind of a World War II historian in a way, or you're very much interested in that that particular <laughs> event? No, Mike I'm is obsessed, fanatic, obsessed. and it's okay to say that. And I have other friends who do it, but you you do paint and make beautiful models, extraordinary soldiers, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. and and you have tableaus of soldiers, and they're and just dioramas, breathtaking yeah. dioramas. Thank okay. You. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinary, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, a lightweight compared to you, but I'm fascinated by World War well, II. As both well. my
2: parents, both my parents were in World War II. My mom was in the Royal Air Force, and my dad was in the Royal Engineers and fought, you know, in the second wave of Market Garden, where they wow. were like building bridges and clearing landmines and making anti-aircraft gun installments. Wow. And, you know, my dad's shot at the Germans, you know, he doesn't know whether he killed anybody. Amazing. took fire. He's been shelled. My dad was shelled during World War II and was in a slit trench underneath the truck. And he said the thing about the British Army is that in combat, British soldiers laugh all the time. They just make sense. Constantly laughing like. It's really, craziest, even when they're
0: uh, frightened and
2: running with the rifle, they're <laughs> laughing. They, they laugh, laugh. The, Out of fear, yeah. Sure. And I was like, is that just like is that just legend and lore? But then, of course, I've seen a lot of like documentaries about the British Army and stuff that they it's just one of those stress responses. The greatest, so, yeah. It shaped them, it shaped my parents, it shaped my parents in a huge way.
0: What, uh, they, what? how do we feel it did? How do you feel it did in specific? Well,
2: I, you know, uh, we talk about things like fascism and like that was a real thing. Like my dad and my mom hated any kind of fascism, mm-hmm. anything like that. And, and would talk about it at the dinner table. And I realized that my friends who didn't have World War II parents mm-hmm. were less concerned about the possibility of fascism. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, interesting. It's, you know, they were just the Nazis are are bad guys. I mean, that's the, you know, this it's it's one of those wars that are just unequivocal. They must be
0: stopped. You know what I mean? Was it interesting, Mike? We might have talked. Oh, sorry, but on, and Dunk, Dunkirk, the movie, they didn't yeah. say Nazis. They said the enemy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I didn't
0: to, realize that. Yeah, they never say Nazi. They say oh, enemy planes, enemy. David, <laughs> sorry
1: to interrupt. I was saying. Uh, that question was stupid but this one's even dumber so <laughs> you uh by the way i saw Bohemian Rhapsody. And, uh, I, I didn't know it was you. And I saw it again. And then I figured out, I was like, "What Mike's in that. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, my yeah. friend goes, you said, you know, him." I go, "I do. Let me just look closer. <laughs> you
2: said, you know, him. And then, uh, come on, man. Great. Your friend's awfully angry. I just want yeah, to say. You
1: uh, <laughs> said you knew him. Yeah. I go, well, I, what, hate you? Do you I, prove you. I know him when he's in the movie, what do I do? And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, also I thought it's, it's, it's a real, uh, uh, testament to success in SNL when I see, or just your life when you have Halloween costumes. Right. And I see you guys. There's, there, there's always been a couple. And with Mike, it's Austin Powers. And there's uh, obviously Wayne's World with other, per- that's always a great one. Like couples do it or two girls. Usually it. two, two girls, girls.
0: Two girls yeah. when I, I run into them, both yeah. with wigs, two girls. One's Wayne, one's Garth. That's
1: a huge one still. That just shows how long. And obviously Shrek. And there's, uh, I've seen some Coffee Talks. Uh, I think about Richmond, middle-aged man, yeah. It's just fun to have that's out there and just stays alive. That's the funnest success is going, oh, look, people, you know. That's that's
0: the biggest flattery. I love it when someone gives me a specific compliment. Have you had a compliment, just someone on the street or on a subway or something that says something to you that's obscure in a way and they they loved it? Well,
2: I I, I went for (laughs) – I went as a British soldier for Halloween two years ago surprise surprise um, I may uh-huh. have a, I may have a couple of British Army uniforms and uh, okay <laughs> and this 20 uh, something uh, young person comes up to me and goes a I love your work thank you very much B thank you for having the Halloween costume that I thought you might have <laughs> ah, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so- which is like oh well that, I somehow that was a great compliment. The funniest one I've ever had was being in a cab in New York. And you know, the, sometimes the bike guys grab the handle mm-hmm, to get a little, of the cab little ride. Yeah. Push. Mm-hmm. yeah. Some guy was grabbed the handle. And then with the other hand, just pointed at me and went famous. And then took off. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, famous. Famous. All right.
0: Let's talk about that for a second because, okay. Mike wrote this really cool book about Canada. Cause Mike loves Canada probably as much as anybody who's then ever become an American citizen. I don't know, you, you're- Canadian hero. Well, he's. I have to say this, because I know how big it is, I, uh, this award. Mike is the Office of the Order of Canada, and he's on a stamp. Yeah. Then he writes this book, and I just was looking at it today, because you sent it to me, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And there's this quote in here that I thought was so interesting uh, about fame. Fame is not creativity, it's the industrial disease of creativity. Pretty potent thing to say, right. but I mean, you've never pursued it in in a in a classic sense, and some people do. Don't judge it. But we live in an yeah. era now where fame, fame is talent. The pursuit of talent right. is fame. The monetization of fame outstrips talent often. Right. Just fame for fame's sake. So anyway, as oh, what would she say? Cut. Am I cutting out? No, no. I got you. I got your back now. Sorry. As Linda Richmond say. Talk amongst yourselves. Was that mm-hmm. in
1: her uh, yes. when you had Madonna out there. I was like, oh my God. You had her for Wayne's too. Had Ann, yeah. And was she in Coffee
0: Talk at home base?
2: She was, yes. With uh, Barbara Streisand and Roseanne Oh, Barr. That's a yeah. big one. That was, that was a big one. Streisand
0: yeah. is Streisand. I mean, yeah. There is, Ish. there is. Yep. I was opening up yeah. Amstel lights for
1: Lauren at that time. <laughs> and the tall the The big monitors under the bleachers.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> David is That's so. Amstel lights. That's perfect. I know the big giant glass. <laughs> yeah. The giant glass. He'd start the pour low, and then he'd bring his he- his hand up like two feet above the pour of the you glass know, uh, under
1: the bleachers. Monitored, he was the best. They go, Lauren wants to see him. Like, oh, man. He'd go in there, and he'd go, maybe this one do it, fix it a little bit. It felt like it faded out at the end, and and Liz or Aaron would look at me and go, "You heard him," and I go, "Yeah, I got it."
0: <laughs> I, i've said this before but i guess w- once in a while while i was out there really mugging it up like not gonna do it all that lauren <laughs> lauren with i think affection would say looking at the monitor under the bleachers go he's a fucking show pony <laughs> <laughs> and i, I got what i didn't take offense to it i go yeah at times i am just a bald-faced ham just yeah. trying to shove it down the you know which do is, you is remember when,
1: when uh is always so funny but he goes uh, when Sinead O'Connor ripped up that picture. And uh, and then I was out there, so I picked up a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And Kenny oh, and the, yeah, Kenny Among Us. They, they need that back. But uh, I walked <laughs> over, and Lauren was drinking, uh, an I like, uh, it went dead silent. I went to a commercial, and he goes, mm, Irish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you're already <laughs> an alcoholic. And like, that
1: was it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't really get it. I go, yeah.
0: Well, I remember the Sinead episode, and when I saw that, I—I I don't know. I, I guess she felt that maybe we shunned her, but I was just shy and nervous. I wasn't upset about it. Uh, there were no. there's, I uh, I know a lot of Catholics. I'm very fond of them, but there
2: were issues with that church for a while, she, and so she might have might you know, have been a little had a little bit of a point at some point. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I didn't feel like I can't have a conversation with that person. I mean, you know, just, yeah. And I would have given her a hug if I thought back in time that she was feeling that ostracized and wounded by making a political statement on Saturday night live. So anyway, this will be the thing that'll trend now. (laughs) I said, whose side should I keep? That would
1: keep my job. But, um, uh, but Mike, I did, I did walk out there and I had a light show shocker. And so <laughs>
0: she did, she went to What's your net worth?
1: Come on. And I went out and I picked up a little piece and I put it in my pocket. And I just go, yeah, by the way, I'm not even that religious. I don't really know how heavy that was, what was going on. I just, I'm Arizona dumb. I just go, right. I just had a piece. Of it, I go, that was weird. And then on, month, on Sunday night on hard copy or something, it was a, obviously a huge fucking story. And then they go, doo, doo, doo. tonight, we have uh, Shane O'Connor and the, and the picture that around the world. And they show, they show the ripped picture and one piece is missing <laughs> on oh my desk. I go, wait, I, that's the real picture. I have the and then Monday, and I started bragging about it, of course. And then Monday, Kenny Amon called me in, David. Producer. And, yeah. and Kenny Amon was great. And uh, I went in, he goes, there's a rumor you have. a," And, and he goes, we'll need that back. And I go, <laughs> what? I have what? Of course, stalling for about five seconds. And then I gave it to him so I wouldn't get fired. And then and then he said, uh, what happened was they found out some crew guys and sold it for ten thousand dollars to that. Oh guy. shit. And I was in on it. I go, I'm not in, I'm not the master on Monday
0: before the host meeting. I went into Lawrence Officer Second, and as I was walking out, I heard him say, uh, he said, Marcy, get me the Pope. And so I guess he called. I'm sorry. Anyway, inside joke. (laughs) Lauren can call anyone in the world and they'll pick up. He's circling the building. It's a Lauren Michael's that we're going to pick up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh, yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1 800 Discover to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash
0: credit card. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we- I did?
1: Oh, no, I said we oui, like French.
0: Oh, okay. Oui,
2: oui. Oui,
0: oui. oui. I have
1: ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women. I thought
0: I want to learn a new language. You know what? I I do have a uh, because I'm I I do voices and stuff. I do like the sound of of a French language.
1: Yeah, you're good at faking
0: a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn, and that's Mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn.
1: Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's a trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered, so I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got your Spanish, your French, Mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I
0: think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick Mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's all designed for long term retention, which is great, because I took Spanish for twelve years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one really, really you retain it.
1: I learned German and I know Hast du Zweiswester now, No, has du Bruder now Nein, Abrach Haber Zweiswester. That means have do you have a brother? No, I have but I have three sisters.
0: I took German for seven years, and all I remember is tight." <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> if
0: someone sneezes. tight." Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country. Is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Spoke. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app
1: options, audio companion, and ability to download lessons offline. By mm-hmm. the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm-hmm. that's lifetime access to all twenty five language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal.
0: What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit
1: rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of.
2: 50% Mm -hmm.
1: off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. I have a question
2: for Mike. Did fucking George Harrison write your letter? He did. Yes. Damn it. Yes.
0: An incredible Um, full circle thing in life. Yeah.
2: Wow. It was um, uh, during Austin Powers 3. And uh, it was the day that um, it was uh, Tom Cruise... Uh, Danny DeVito, Gwyneth Paltrow, Steven Spielberg—all in that fake opening mm-hmm. of Austin yes. Powers called Austin Pussy—and uh, I <laughs> got a course. call. I, <laughs> and I got a call in the morning from uh, Gavin De Becker, who's a se- security specialist, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, was uh, uh, uh dead, letter." And I thought, "Ah, oh, shit! Like somebody with right. some weird threatening letter." But when I got up that morning, it was um, George Harrison had died. And I always felt very close to George. Um, I kind of have the hmm. George Harrison face. There's like five faces in Liverpool and I have the George Harrison, he, <laughs> as did my dad. My dad and George Harrison looked very much alike. Hmm. And um, I cried like a baby. And I was like, oh, man, this is this big day. And it was raining. I thought, oh, shit. We have to cancel this big day. This is a horrible day. Then somebody wants to kill me, I'm thinking. And yeah. then the day turned out to be fantastic and one of the most amazing days ever. And I got a knock on the door and it's the last letter that George Harrison's ever written to anybody. And it's Gee. he's a huh. Austin Powers fan. He goes, I was looking all over Europe for a midi you doll. And anyways, I mean, I OK, yeah. Oh. I know. And I was like, oh shit, just I it literally got hot in my hands. It's it's up on my wall. It's one of my treasured That is just, just one of those I can't believe
0: it. I mean, a lot of these full circle moments that happen, uh, that's probably one of the most the parents from Liverpool, you yeah. going into show business, you doing this you're writing this incredible wave of these franchises, Wayne's world, mm. awesome powers. And then you get a letter from George Harrison. I mean, it's just, just can't, I can't. there's no way for me to process it. I don't know I how you would point. process it. It's just beyond and um,
2: beyond. Yeah. And so I lovely.
0: Yeah.
2: An exciting time was when we were, when we were in London uh, for Wayne's world Two, sitting mm-hmm. next to Paul McCartney. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. For the premiere And, uh, he was being very, he was talking a lot, you know, during the yeah. show. And I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, well, that's a funny bit. Did you write that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. And that. you're trying to focus. <laughs> yeah. Just look, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Look up there.
0: <laughs>
2: did, did it take you a long time to write that? I'm like, yeah, it took forever. And I just look. <laughs> and I was like, my joke, an my joke was yeah. that I would wish I was next to the quiet one. Um, <laughs> instead of the cute one. Yeah. But he was, but it was pretty God. pretty spectacular. well. you guys were
0: there. I had left the show the week before Paul came to host, which i I, I mm. regret I, I I've gotten to interact with Paul in different ways at different times, but that must have been cool and just having Paul around, you know, doing oh. sketches and
2: Oh yeah, it was amazing. you know I that day I were you there when he had the mini concert, or had you left at that point, Dana? I think I'd left. So did he do Probably it like Eric Clapton? At the end of the like show. Eric Clapton, yeah, Eric show. Clapton did that yeah. too,
0: right? He, the show ended and Eric Clapton did like a half hour of jamming. I
2: says Paul did the same thing. Well, yeah. So my brother Paul had come down from Toronto for this Paul McCartney mm. show. And uh, it was very amazing. So uh, Linda was there. Linda McCartney was there. Mm. And Paul had met Paul McCartney at the at, uh at the Windsor world two opening.
0: Hmm.
2: And, uh, Linda, my dad had just passed away and Linda said to my brother, Paul, Hey, Paul, sorry to hear about your dad, which was just amazing. How did you remember that? How did you know what I mean? Very, very Linda. Just so lovely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Paul was very moved by that. And, uh, then we went and he played, uh, let it be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, which is kind of and, thematic, and people were there's not a dry eye in the house, and I was on the Toonces car. Do you remember Toonces, the cat? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Jack Handy. <laughs> so Soonses me and the Paul cat. were arm in arm on the Toonces car, and next to us was Bill Murray and his brother. Wow! Good lord! And it was just, just you can't believe it. Like he's right there. You know what I mean? It's sort of like Eiffel Tower. Empire State Building, Paul McCartney, right there. You just can't fucking believe it.
1: No one gets used to seeing Paul McCartney. Every day of was life. no one can fucking deal with it. By the way, Mike, when that, when that happened, Frank and um, Frank said uh he goes, he goes, I remember uh, we were talking about that like a week later. He goes, I remember he was telling someone that Paul McCartney played Let It Be. And I started crying and then I walked over and stole some jeans from the Gap Girls set.
0: <laughs> did he say that seriously he's like he's like the yeah, penguin, like the penguin all of a sudden <laughs> yeah it was all
1: serious then he goes and i went and stole some jeans from the gap girls because <laughs> there was so many it was like a real set with a security guard because there was so many that's kind goals. of
0: brilliant in a way of Is like looking true? at sets to kind yeah. of harvest stuff and the shoplift sets
2: yeah. yeah it's
1: so funny though <laughs> I mean, on the heels of that let it be where everyone was crying
2: yes oh my god well the um the next morning, we went to the John Lennon Circle, me and Paul. Mm. Just in as, Central Park with all of just as Bill Murray and his brother also came to the yeah. to the Imagine Circle at Strawberry Fields. And it was kind of I don't know, this was kind of a huge moment. It's just everyone of Beatles
0: fan I mean, is Bill and his brother like at the level of you and your brother Paul? Because it's I guess there's levels so. to it or it's just like a fanaticism <laughs> that we can't let go of because it just keeps giving all the time. You go back and revisit the music and you go, seriously?
2: No. But <laughs> if you've had a little bit of fame, you can't imagine their level of fame. Do you no. Know? No. Their fame is famous. Do you know what I mean? Oh, They're yeah. famously famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is just, it's just the type of show business that you wanted to be in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what I I always wanted to be on Saturday night live. I didn't know Saturday night Live would be there for Mm -hmm. me. I always wanted to be on Letterman.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to be on the tonight show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. I never got to be on the tonight show with Johnny Carson, but I always wanted to be. And, it's just sort of just in general, the Beatles, like it's specific, the Beatles, but in general, American show business. I don't think if you grew, didn't grow up in this country, how magical American show business is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's 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 just the, it's the best show business in the world. It's bigger
1: in other countries, too, because it's America. I, I think that they it is. go.
2: Yeah.
0: It's and that's magical. what the Beatles always said. We've we got to get a number one in America before we go there. Yeah, you know, that was
2: their that was their enchanted land, you know. But you know, just growing up in Canada, my dad worshipped the United States because of show mm. business. You know huh. what I mean? He wasn't like of oh, them Americans. He was like they do it right and they're fantastic. And even my mom, when when Wayne's World came out and it was a big hit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My mom, said, I said, "Did you see Wayne's World?" She said, "Oh yes, it's very good." I, I said. Yeah, and she goes. Oh, that Dana Carvey's very good, isn't he? <laughs> uh, she would use me to
0: inspire said, you or something. What is she talking and I said, about? What do you mean?
2: She goes. It's just the Americans. They just have it, don't they? <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> the he's, Americans American. just—they're slick. They just have it, don't they? <laughs> and uh, slick wasn't a bad thing. Slick was like yeah, slick. I never really identify as best.
0: I'm an American comedian, you know. I'm a, I'm but an, you were to but me I was, so f- But I just but am But that's
2: funny, Dana, yeah. that's so funny Because you you are to me
0: Yeah, yeah. I totally understand I grew comedian. up there, I am an American com- yeah, yeah. <laughs> comedian we so American land Whatever that song was So
1: you two guys together from the outside Like someone like me uh, And the other dudes and sound We were always like looking at you guys like, Holy shit, this, these guys are fucking crushing Everything they go into Every read through we got to see it We're like it's just like a class. You you watch how these oh. sketches are put together and you watch that everyone's really trying. You know what I mean? When yeah. you, you go, Oh, no one's walking through it here, like, hey, we're famous. It's like every week everyone's grinding and stressed and going, yeah. fuck, we got another week. Who cares about last week? It's over. What are we doing this week? And who's the new host? And oh, it's Glenn Close, what are we doing? You know?
0: But, and, but you know, we we came from stand up, David and I. So then I get on Saturday Night Live and now I'm doing sketch comedy. And so that became such a joy as it it went on, you know, being out there with Phil and Carson or Mike with Wayne's World or Kevin with Hans and Franz, of like bouncing off someone, wanting them to be great, you wanting to be, you know, they're pinging you, you're going to ping them back. It's a very exhilarating feeling to be part of an ensemble that's scoring. And then it's
2: it's it's the Turners and it's it's Conan. Mm-hmm. And it's Jack Handy and it's Christine Zander. Robert it's all Smigel, these people, Robert yeah. Smigel, mm-hmm. just Jim like Downing. writing these fantastic sketches. And you're just like, you know, I I couldn't believe the level of, of the comedy writing. I mean, I watched it for half a season, you know, and studied it like I made my own running orders yeah. when I was at home, you know. But when you're there and it's so intimidating, you know what I mean? Well, you're
1: trying to write against the writers, which are unreal. You don't know when you get there because they're not like famous, but you go, holy fuck, these guys know what they're doing. And then you go, oh, and I have to write against cast members that are great. Right. And they're writing stuff, so you go. Well, where do I fit in here?
0: But it was fun to score with someone else's piece. Remember we did Jagger and and Keith Richards, uh, and I think yeah. they wrote that. Some J- Downey or someone wrote it. I, I didn't write on it. And then yeah. they were so pleased that it worked, and you know, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Sorry.
2: No, no, not at all. I just uh, I just remember uh, Downey too was great because he didn't he he would just go, I think there's a joke that's kind of like a, a mm. joke. And then a joke would emerge. And you're mm. like, I didn't know you could dial up jokes. Like to me, jokes were like, <laughs> they came to you like lightning and they're putting your hand and they were hot. You know what I mean? You had to put them mm. down. That's a good observation. about him. jokes. Yeah. He, was would, like,
0: he would say there's something very funny about, and uh, then he
2: would say it. Right. Funny, yeah. yeah. And then the joke would emerge. And that, that I have had to do that now. Like I've had to do that in my half having left Saturday Night Live. We're just having to sometimes you just need to dial up a joke. And I didn't know it was actually possible Mm
0: -hmm. until
2: I saw Jim Downey. I thought it was something that they did on the Dick Van Dyke show as that (laughs) wasn't real
0: right with the staff and the whole yeah where they're trying to
2: jam jokes i didn't think actually anybody Mm -hmm. did jam jokes you know what
0: i mean Mm -hmm. yeah interesting in
2: that way of like we need it's kind of like we need a short joke and it should be something that's a comment and i'm like you can't dial up jokes that way that's the math
0: of it that's challenging and fascinating does it fit here does it will it lead us anywhere else and you know but yeah yeah. they
1: were good at like the breakdown of the sketch instead of just like we were just kind of comedy guys you know right Probably in you too, maybe, where you go, This is funny. This is funny. And then they're like breaking on the sketch. And that's how they find it. They go, It needs this. And everything points to a certain yeah. joke. It's going to be. And then they go, That's, they're cracking a code that I, that you figure out it takes a long time. It
2: takes a long time. And it, I was very inspired and intimidated at the same time. One of the best joke uh, clinicians was um, Conan, Conan O'Brien.
0: Sure. Definitely. And I once wrote
2: Definitely. a sketch. And he said, is this your sketch? I said, yeah. And he said, do you mind if I rewrite it? And I was like, no, not at all. Because he was so nice to me, Conan, mm-hmm. all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he just sort of went, and he handed it to me. And it was a thousand times better. That's a great feeling. I couldn't feeling. believe yeah. it. Yeah. I said, now it all, one joke flows to the next joke. The fl-, you know what I mean? <laughs> well. And I was like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Just handed it back to me. Yeah, I mean Conan it, is it, Conan it, it, is, it. is
0: is brilliant. Yeah, and I do think that uh, you got to the whatever level five star level of as a writer when you look at uh, Wayne's World and Austin awesome Powers. I mean, that just flowing and really just this is funny and this is funny and here's a storyline. All of a sudden, something's kind of sweet and human, and then back into it. I mean, just just densely, beautifully written, like like irresistibly. Oh, thanks like kind of an irresistible stew, you know. I mean, I don't think movies like Awesome Powers make that much money, you know, anymore. Right. You know what I mean? I like now, it made like blockbuster
2: box office, you know. I,
0: and yet it's I, so weird and quirky and, you know, so anyway. I
2: think that the, this I think the uh, uh, again I learned so much from everybody at saturday night live Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and you had to learn or you're out you know what i mean that was one thing too and i think that one of the things i'm very grateful for having worked in england is that the and i've said this to you dana a few times but the subject matters that you can do comedy about in england are very very wide Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yes which i like a lot of different subjects yeah and you know i had such a weird comedy circuit when i lived in london that just went and also i think too that that jack handy was a giant influence too yeah giant. his was eloquent
0: right he it's just, just unbelievable yeah like
2: happy fun ball is just happy fun ball wow i mean do you remember the round of applause after happy fun ball which is just like it's getting dropped on our troops in iraq <laughs> yes it has come from space do not taunt happy fun ball yeah, <laughs>
1: It's fun, the
2: corniest commercial. And then all these. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he's, he's
1: so brilliant. Great.
0: We talk about a lot, him a lot on this show, yeah. Do you, Jack Handy? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the, the sketch I was in with Christopher Walken where we're coming down in the spaceship, we're aliens, I guess, and then our, yes. our landing gear would hurt a farmer and we come out, <laughs> we come in Let's peace. Let's get out of
2: here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and over yeah. and
0: over again and stuff like yeah. that. And, and there was one I talked about last week, maybe you'll remember it, where people were like at a kind of a alien court and the aliens are way high up and all the aliens want to talk about is box office receipts for movies. Like, oh. didn't they? Because it was just a, about that obsession with what a movie makes and all that.
2: Oh, that's so hilarious. And then
0: me and Neeland uh, about to lo- launch a rocket with binoculars, but then Lassie is underneath yes. the rocket. Oh, okay, let's stop. And then Hitler stop. goes, then yes. the Mona Lisa's under there. just keeps, yes. you know. So <laughs> Jack Handy, look him up. Anybody wants to write comedy. so
1: Should we let Michael go? I uh, think Mike
0: has a career and a family. Last I checked. So I have a he, family, that's for sure. He definitely yeah, has yeah. a wonderful family. Mike Myers, uh, what can we say? A, a, a Canadian delight. Uh, Thank you. A Hall of Fame of everything. What else? Uh, and still out there doing everything, doing the shows. And Where,
1: where do you live now? And then I'll let you go. It's I here. live in New York City okay what big streets now um you live on <laughs> bay and bloor
2: do you in canada i know i don't know but i i did live very close to bay and bloor we mm-hmm. stayed there what they, I, call Yo. The, they call blow that's the now they call Yeah.
1: when i was there we called it bay and bloor oh i see uh when i was there years and years ago i we did three movies up there a lot of fun love yeah. canada uh well thank, thank you mike thanks Mike. And uh, great talking to you. We will, uh, All right, guys.
0: We'll be texting great. soon. <laughs> All right. Yes, please. Enjoy. All right, guys. Enjoyed it. Bye-bye. Right, See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, what's up, Flies? What's up, Fleas? What's up, people that listen? <laughs> we want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at, at cadence 13com Andrew LaPosha. Hello, guys. Uh, thanks for what you're doing. I like when they say that first. You're welcome. It's so awesome. My question: Who did you most want to host SNL that never got to? I'd say <laughs> Tina Fey. That's my answer for everything. Mm-hmm.
0: No, who are you thinking, Because I'm, I'm just to thinking think. of who I'd want to hang out with. Yeah. So, like, and they were musical guests, but I would like to have been on the show when Neil Young was the host. Oh yeah, because I would have had Neil Young on Church Chat. Well, our voice is sort of like a lady's voice, isn't it? old man you know what's really ironic is church lady i was this is what judd apatow would help me with make an album where church lady sings neil young because i can't sing but as church Lady singing it sounds exactly like neil young okay i'll I'll show you first neil young old man look at my life i'm a lot like you were church lady Oh, man, look at my life. Don't I'm exactly a like you were. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I can sing as Neil Young, but I have to sing as Church Lady singing as Neil Young. And that's my answer, too. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Regan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13.